Welcome to Viewer Town. I'm your host, Mighty Germ, along with co-host Airplane Gorilla, and our special guest this episode is Aria. Hi. How's it going? Good, good. It feels good to be back in the saddle. As some of you might know, I had uh, had COVID, was out for a couple weeks, but um, my host kept, kept, <laughs> kept it down while I was uh, away, right? I don't want to bust, burst your bubble, but I don't, I didn't mention that you were gone at all. <laughs> Last episode, <laughs> oh, just so no, silent, not- silently missing like that one, like Stalin picture, just erase me from the podcast. Well, I did, but I don't think I, I, um, I don't think I told you that, or I don't think I said that you had COVID or anything. I just said that you weren't here. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, I did. I, I think I did. It's been a while. It's whatever. <laughs> you have such a short memory. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Arya, do you want to introduce yourself, shill yourself, anything? Or we can just go on to the news if you want. Oh, hi. Subscribe to my Patreon. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, drop the money link, dude. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll add it in the we'll show. Put, yeah, we'll put it in the description. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Arya. Um, VTuber sometimes now. Not really. Um, and I'm also a Life to the artist and rigger. If you want to check out my stuff. I have Twitter, Arya Rinchan, Patreon, patreon.com slash Arya Rinchan, twitch.com slash Arya Rinchan. Thank you. <laughs> I'll put the links in the notes. <laughs> oh my God. And also Arya has a forehead so big you can play tic-tac-toe on it. It's not uh, that big. Only in that, uh, lo- that, that certain model. <laughs> that certain model. <laughs> I just instantly gave up on the same lob corp. <laughs> No, I wanted to say the whole thing lobotomy, but I'm like, but I, like, my brain just stopped. Would you say you had lobotomy? Shut up. Yeah, I'll, I'll kill myself <laughs> now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we had a lot of stuff just for like the current events and news. There was a ton of stuff happening in the corporate world. Uh, there were some things announced at the convention. AX was a couple weeks ago. But one of the biggest events was um, uh, a graduation from Hololive. You know, Sana, uh, one of the uh, second generation of Hololive uh, English talents, has um, has graduated. Um, but this is a little bit of an interesting, different situation than some of the other ones before. Yeah, well, technically she hasn't graduated yet, but she announced it. She's going to be graduating at the end of the month on the 31st. But... Um... Interestingly enough, she's trying. She's trying to. She's trying to get out like all of her streams and stuff during the time. During the meantime. Yeah, yeah, she's doing a bunch of collabs and things like that. And it's kind of like the same treatment from when Coco graduated. Seems like all life does the same things for when people graduate. Yeah, they just all have like a period of maybe fifteen days, and they just cram the collabs they can during that time. Well. Um, and sell all the merch they possibly can. <laughs> uh, speaking of Coco, did she re- she requested for her release as well, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she also okay. asked too. Yeah, so this is a similar situation for that then. Because in the press release statement, they said that Sana requested, you know, to leave. Well, it's it because kind of weird, the thing... Right? Yeah, because the thing with, like, Japanese corporations, they hardly ever... Yeah. fire anyone they just kind of start treating people differently until yeah. they request to leave themselves yeah like they, they put them in the uh the the seats by the window <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, like on the press release it says you know we had discussed several times with uh sana regarding the direction of her activities however as time went on it became difficult for her to continue her vtuber activities now we know part of this is due to health issues right yeah, she um she got into a car accident and you know, among other personal issues and things like that. Mm-hmm. Because there's definitely been because you know people have been you know, commenting on the the quantity of streams and stuff like that. But there's a bunch, especially in the Japanese brands, there's a bunch of people who don't stream very regularly and they're never like kicked or pushed out. You know, as far as we know. Yeah, Ayame. <laughs> you mean Ayame? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's realistically only Ayame. But, um, 
So the thing is, she brings a lot more money than Sana does. Like, every time Ayama shows up, um, it's like a festival of, like, red super chats and all that. The thing I would tell people, or I, when I talk to somebody about this, I would just tell them like Ayame is kind of tenured. She, she kind of put it. She put in her effort early on, and she still does. Like, yeah. she still d- does stuff even if she's not streaming. Sana's case seems like she just kind of never really got off the ground. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a big like, like a little bit like bigger picture. Do you think there's like this diminishing return thing, like an oversaturation thing where your newest generations of VTubers are just going to have a harder time breaking into the market? Mm, well, I feel I, like I, maybe for other corpos, not so much for Hololive. No. Well, honestly, even in Nichisanji, um, technically, Selen and like that crew is a little bit more popular, right? Well, I would say it's because uh in Selen's case she's a she kind of stood out because of like her voice and all that and also her her i think her apex skills played a lot into it she was like apex predator before yeah i'm trying to think of like other um corporation debuting like another generation and how how different it is because in japan every in japan they always tend to debut like a new hololive gen it usually really depends on like how good the people are. Yeah. I mean like people really talented people are gonna stand out no matter, you know, when they debut. I'm just like my brain is telling me that there has to be like a saturation point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I do I do feel like Hollow Live Council specifically was really um I don't wanna say poor performing, but n- no, nobody was really gonna like put any of them over uh, a hollow myth talent. At least, in my, yeah, at least, at least from what I've seen. Yeah, because like the whole situation of hollow myth is like kind of a once in a lifetime thing. Because it was uh, the first English generation for Hollow Live, and the first like uh, was it the first uh, English corporation for VTubers? I'm not sure. Major, like yeah, like like that, like it was. Unless you count, um, no, unless you count Hololive India being technically English or Indonesia. No, India. Oh, India. And Indonesia, kind of. But it was definitely a yeah, because their growth was astronomical, even compared to the Japanese talents. Myth was. I think. um, Well. I really would like to see, like, a third Hololive English gen, just to see how they compare to the second and first one. I feel like the second was never gonna. The the second generation was the middle never child. Going. Yeah, like, like it, it's always middle child, <laughs> like the middle child syndrome. But um, in Hololive, the like the third gens on, they still felt like kind of special. Yeah, you mean like the Japanese gens? Yeah, definitely. And there's always a couple of standouts from every generation. Um, it's just, man, I don't, how long can the industry in general keep this going? Is it like, do you think the longevity is, is based on having like fresh, (laughs) fresh blood, uh, you know, new talent, you know, coming in, you know, every couple months, like if they just stopped releasing new gens for like a year or two, what would happen? Yeah, I feel like that would be better because like, I think releasing a lot of gens can be very detrimental like how it happened with um Ichisanji. Yeah. because the, they uh, they had the male debuts they had like they debuted uh five males and then another five after to like catch up with the girls and i feel like most people don't know the second part of the males because yeah. of it like they do very well but it doesn't do like it's it's gonna do well. Like you're you're gonna generate revenue regardless because it's not. I I, I will always believe that VTuber overhead is not that much. No, it can't but be. but the thing is, it's I don't know. It just feels it just feels weird. Like you're not gonna you're gonna get money, but it's like a very passive kind of thing. They don't. It doesn't feel special. I feel like you have to give the VTuber gen like a kind of time to breathe and build yeah. their own fan base. Before like, you debut a new one, I, <laughs> give them a buffer I, um, zone. Um, it's 
it's about to be two years since Myth debuted, and I feel like people are still not bored of it. Yeah, <laughs> people yeah. are not bored at all. It probably is going to be like five years before people are like, okay, maybe we do need like something new. Or like, probably not five years, but like definitely more than the time that has passed. I mean, if you really think about it, like if you just think about like regular Twitch streamers, you know, it's not like they get new generations of like. No, but people know, do. Like, but, but like the thing like, is, but like the thing is, if you like pay attention, you do notice like there are new people breaking in mm-hmm. at, in, at certain amount of times. Like people do get tired and they want to see something new. But they, but they they won't, they won't really like voice it like <laughs> there's no there's no reason to voice it because the person you like is still gonna be doing things yeah like, like you and you don't like, you don't really want you don't really know that you want something new until you got the new thing <laughs> that guess. is that is true and I guess that's what um that's what they thought was gonna happen with council is <laughs> like hey look look at all these new people and you know but this is just like a well, well, they're also going to be releasing uh, uh, their male generation too, right? Yeah, that was teased over the week. And at the time of recording, it will be a day before the uh, they announce it, I think. Because that's what the countdown says. Yeah, it'll probably be a video announcing the debut dates. Now that's going to be... I wonder how they're going to play it. Because again, like, this is the like, male... Because, like, you know, Niji Shanji has already, you know, had their... Ian male talent, so this is like yeah, they have ten males. Uh, how many? How many silhouettes is in the Hollow Live four. one? Is five, four. Four. Yeah, so four. That, that's that's like that's kind of irregular because usually it's five. Like five is the standard. Maybe they can only find four good ones. Uh, I mean, with the, I mean, with this talent pool, sure. <laughs> yeah, go on his knees, yeah. please, males, please apply oh, more. Yes, you remember that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Begging them to apply. But it's like it's it's like it's like a it's rough. It's rough to be in that position. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like I don't know. Maybe seeing that like they only hired four dudes instead of like five gives me a little bit of hope that they actually like sifted through yeah. the best options and just didn't like pad out with like an extra one that maybe wasn't the best one. Yeah, the Yugo of the Gen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's a difference, like? There's gotta be a difference on how you'd like market hollow stars to a Japanese audience versus like you know, well, well, they're doing the English one. Well, they're doing it completely different. So hollow people think that hollow stars is just what they call their males, but I guess they're specific being specific about it this time where it's not gonna be a, like a segregated gen. Yeah, it's just like a new Yeah, it's just like a new addition to the overall Hollow Life English brand. Yeah, I guess they learned with like Hollow Stars that they, they kind of just neglected the guys because they were just their own separate yeah. full like, they, thing they did, and not branded well. under Hollow Life. Like they did well, but the the Japanese market is like completely different. Like you could leave somebody yeah. alone. Um, you could you could leave somebody alone in Japan, and they'll probably be able to do really well on their own. But in the West, you kind of. It's a much bigger audience. Do you think so there's going to be like a lot of collabs with the probably with like Myth and Council? Yeah, probably. Uh, maybe. I think, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think they can collab like uh, with other people inside Hololive like within the space of a month. Like they have to wait a month so yeah, they can yeah. collab with other people. But maybe. Yeah, they've been doing that for a while. Like you said, to give them breathing room to generate their own audience. Um, yeah. But afterwards, you know, you know the VTuber fan base. It might cause cause issues. But again, that's more like a Japanese, you know, side thing, I think, to a degree. Yeah, I feel like the most of the Western audience is kind of like used to male and female uh, VTubers interacting just because NDs do it a lot, I guess. If someone comes directly from like the JP side, maybe. You're gonna be like, "Hey, what the hell is this?" <laughs> yeah, we don't you're gonna like, get used to it, right? And we don't have as much as like the like gachi koi kind of idol culture stuff either. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I like to see. I like to see how they end up marketing them differently and how they 
uh, just present themselves. See if there's, see if they find out the <laughs> the the secret, the cheat code. <laughs> Nishi san uh, Nishi males were basically just they're guinea pigs. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they let them have I mean, the I, test drive. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the amount of information that you could probably learn from those ten, uh, like the the ten Nishi san male talents is a lot. Yeah. Do you think they have a market research team that's like like <laughs> just like watching all these streams and taking notes of what works and what doesn't? Uh no. I mean yeah, <laughs> no. yes, but like not like super like not actively, depth. yeah. Not yeah. like well, they probably like, just study numbers, like not watch actual streams, maybe. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll probably tell people like, hey, you should you're good at this, you should do this because you know, X XYZ metric. Like yeah. There's a reason why Fox just goes all in on what he does because I'm pretty sure he, he and, you know, the te- his like management people know it works. So why would you stop doing it? There's even more, man. There's like a lot of <laughs> debuts and stuff having those last week. Who else? Who else debuted? Um, there was like Phase Connect and then like V Shoujo announced some new talents as well. Well, quote unquote new, right? Mm, new for them. Yeah. I wonder if this is going to become a thing like for, for our, our listening audience, uh, you know, Kason has uh, joined Visojo. Yes. Kason is our listening audience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, talents yeah, oh, like major uh, talents, like kind of switching to other, uh, corporations. Yeah. Has that's what happened very, before. That, uh, I think, I mean, yes, like major, major corporation to major corporation. Yeah. Some, some Nishi Sanji, Became Hollow Life members, oh, okay, okay. Uh, but this is a special situation because it's somebody leaving the big t- one of the big two and joining something that's not like the not, not the big two. <laughs> yeah, like, like honestly, I always thought that like um, Nishizaki was just like a stepping stone, a stepping for, stone to Hollow Life. Yeah, to Hollow Life. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, like that, that's how I saw it when some of those members went over to Hollow Life. But this is interesting because Visojo is they're in the picture, but as of right now, we're not entirely sure where they really stand. Yeah. Like, like not... they do they do really well, but as like a global recognized brand, I don't think it's on Hollow Life level yet. Yeah. But it's also like a fundamentally different thing, right? They're not like releasing generations and no and cultivating talent oh, and stuff like that. Not, not in the same they way. They had the, like, the auditions, like, almost a year ago, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah whatever happened? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what happened with that. I, feel, I don't know. I feel like, well, plans change. <laughs> but I, I thought, uh, from the start, I do think that is very interesting that they announced this at, like, a convention. Because I mentioned in a few episodes ago that I think we're going to start seeing more of this where people are going to treat vtubing as like a real legitimate thing where they take it to like conventions and have like de- reveals at conventions and have like news because kason showed up after they announced that she was going to yeah. be there so that that's like really cool you don't really get something like that yeah it started to really kick off this year like they had some annou- people had announcements at offkai we have ax there's going to be presents, VTuber presents at Otakon too. Like, I just assume yeah. like the the anime convention VTuber crowd is just going to like merge, and you're just going to have a bunch of announcements at these yeah. anime conventions. And it's smart because um, generally, if you're at a convention, you will be more receptive to whatever you're being shown because it's part it's part of the fun, it's part of the experience of going to a convention. But the other thing, I. I thought about the Bishojo um, reveal is that it's going to be interesting seeing how they operate in Japan. <laughs> yeah, because they're like way less of like a company than the Japanese think, I guess. Yeah. Like even uh, Kason during her stream, she was like, oh no, Bishojo is not a company, which I'm not totally convinced it's not a company i think she just said no. so so the japanese audience would be like oh okay it's not confused. like how life i guess yeah. yeah it's not like what they're used to 
Uh, but the other thing is that they only announced her and another person. So are they just going to like both tackle Japan with two people? <laughs> I feel like they're being a little bit outnumbered, um, even if, you know, Kaysana's like a legend. And yeah, I mean, Kaysan brings her own audience, right? She was one of the top, <laughs> yeah. you know, performers in the Hollow Live. So, <laughs> yeah, but. Um, you know, the environment has changed. Things have changed. I feel like it's going to be really... Like, I feel like, changed. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I, feel, I feel like it's going to be really... T- well, considering that the benefit of Hololive and and Isisanji is that they are at home base. They're operating at, <laughs> op, at as a Japanese company. Operating in Japan is a lot easier because, you know, they know everything about it. Vishoujo oh, being... I'm pretty like, sure that, like, Vishoujo has their own like office JP in Japan management, yeah. Because at least for Kason, like I saw her retweet some stuff uh, from like her own manager, and they have like all Japanese accounts and stuff, and they have like okay. I work for Vishojo Kason. So I'm pretty sure that they're hiring like JPs themselves yeah. to manage the girls. Okay, that's very smart. Yeah, um, I wonder what what is it? What's in it for Kason? Right, who was already a really really um, successful indie, right? Once you when she quit, so... Well, I mean, everyone started talking about her again. Aligning yourself with something, like, huge tends to work out. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, people are gonna talk about you. <laughs> yeah, is this... But, like, is this, like, just, like, a shot in the arm, like, to reinvigorate interest? Yeah, I, I would say so. Okay, because, like, her being, like, usually a... Because, I mean, that, that I doesn't mean... Ha- that's not very pop- like popular or well-known is probably better... You know, joining a big corporation is them to get their name out, right? Well, think about Vishojo at the start. It was just the strongest Westerners aligning themselves together mm-hmm. for like even more benefit, like mutual benefit. So even if even if she's able to operate very well on her own, it doesn't hurt to just start like delegating some things to people if she can. Because I'm pretty sure Bishojo does a lot of like, like we see stuff happening out of them all the time. That that's not just coincidence, right? 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 They're definitely active in terms of managing their talents. So it's interesting. I just interesting to see how it plays out, especially. It's weird to even say like a Westerner in a Japanese audience because you know Coco was there. Yeah, she yeah she is like the bridge. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I I still think even though. I think she ended up having more English watchers towards the end. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I don't know about, like, number-wise, but kind of, like, vibe-wise, yeah. it felt like that. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I was th- thinking about is that it feels very, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna get into sports trade territory soon enough. <laughs> oh, <It's> a- yes! <laughs> for the 2022 draft. Yeah. How many first-round picks would you, would you trade for, for Kaysan? Probably not that many. <laughs> <laughs> I would take like Salome or something like that, like like a like a current like super proven kind of. Man, that would be sick if it if it worked like the draft. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I trades and everything. You have these big organizations. That would actually like increase my enjoyment of VTubing quite a bit. Yeah, I mean the 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 signing of Case on this like mystery person did pique my interest. I do think. Uh, probably, probably nothing much is gonna happen as far as like how things operate. But it will be interesting to see like the micro uh, changes that people are gonna do, mm-hmm. and see and see how the other companies like react like, react to it. I think would be very because it's like I don't know if they like plan this, but tomorrow is the uh, today is July fifteenth, so tomorrow will be the case. Kason and the mystery person's like debut, and then they're gonna reveal Hollow Life Tempest, which is the the male branch. So it's like two things kind of colliding at the same time, even though it's like completely separate uh, separate audiences that they're marketing to. Are they really? But companies do this all the time. Like Blizzard yeah. is notorious for releasing its like expansions on the dates of other MMOs. Yeah, and it, it makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. but. Uh, just small, small things like that, you know? So, yeah, there's a ton of corporate news, but I do yeah. want to start talking about our kind of main topic topic of discussion today uh, with Aria is about 
you know, being an artist, a rigger in the VTuber community, um, you know, every VTuber needs a model. I mean, unless you're, you know, using like a PNG or something like that, um, you're going to need the services of a, of a, of accomplished artists and rigor. So it's created this big kind of like internal market, I guess, you know, where people taking commissions on Twitter and um, just having a big network of artists and everything like that. Many of them being VTubers, VTubers themselves. So um, Aria, were you, I don't want to make this like too interviewee, but it's like, <laughs> how'd you get into, I guess in particular, like live 2D and rigging since it's like a very specific uh, sort of uh, talent. Um, I guess I just went into it because, uh, at the time that I decided I wanted to start VTubing, uh, there weren't that many people selling, like, VTuber models at an affordable price that I knew of, at least, and I was just like, well, I'm just gonna do it myself. It was, like, uh, June 2020, I think, when I made my own model, and at the time, it's kind of like, it's a very, it was a very niche thing, like learning about live CD, like without being the Japanese fear, because you looked at a bunch of tutorials and stuff. It would mostly be like in Japanese, and then you had to scour the internet for like this one specific thing you wanted to do and have a tutorial that you can actually understand and all that. Yeah, because at the time, nobody else knew what they were doing either. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like, like oh. Trialed and erred all on your own to learn how to oh, rig yeah. and stuff. God, that was such yeah, a Yeah, I just did like, dude, I was like, <laughs> just a, a broke student in like the middle of, uh, you know, COVID and all that. And then I was like, man, I have like zero money and I'm kind of bored. It's like summer vacation right now. I don't know what I'm going to do. Just like stay in my, my room all by myself the entire summer. It was just like, oh, I'm just going to do a, a little VTuber model I did in, like, mm, two days, maybe. It was so scuffed. And uh, I did everything on, like, my very shitty laptop. <laughs> do you keep do you keep all your old stuff, too? Have some, like, oh, yeah, I still, have my, <laughs> I still have my original model. I did put it up on a stream once. Yeah, I mean, I think, like... I love, like, the quote-unquote, like, first generation, you know, they had to make their own models, had to make their own rigs themselves, right? And now you have this sort yeah. of, like, kind of cottage in industry where people are are selling those services. And the prices are, um, rigging seems like, you know, it's a very intensive process, right? They, you know, oh, yeah. doing that sells for a lot, like, comparable to just the art, right? Doing, like, I think both drawing for Live to D and... Uh, live CD rigging is just uh, commission types. Commission types that take a long time because before this, I I used to take commissions uh, online for like a couple of years. I started when I was like sixteen, so it's been like a long Holy time. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> I was like in high school and was like, oh hey guys, who wants to commission me? Already on yeah, that I grind. never. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then uh, when I started doing like VTuber model commissions, because I think uh, one of the friends that I made through like VTubing, they were like, oh yeah, why don't you like do VTuber model commissions? Like you could make money with that. Like a lot of people need models and stuff. And I was like, yeah, you have a point. And then I noticed how time consuming it is to do it because uh, basically I think the easiest way to explain it if you draw something and you want a specific thing to move you want it to be separate from everything so you end up making a drawing that has like a million layers and uh drawings have to overlap and all that yeah yeah, yeah. i've seen some people's live 2ds like in in the you know photoshop or clip studio or something with like thousands of layers <laughs> like jesus christ oh, yeah i usually spend like maybe uh 40 50 hours in like just rigging sometimes depends oh on how detailed it is <laughs> yeah but there has to be like you know just kind of like switching this up a little bit since there's such a huge demand for this stuff right like i just imagine like the stress right because you have you know it's extremely time consuming but i assume like the 
the um the vtuber would be very very particular about you know every detail like do you get that thing where you're talking to the person who commissioned you and they're always they have a ton of modifications and requests and things like that it's a very back and forth sort of thing i had it only happen once when i had like a, a rigging commission that was very uh rushed because it was just uh an update for them and we did do like a lot of back and forth i maybe sent like 10 different files because uh they're very particular about like minute uh mistakes or maybe details about it i don't mind it too much but still it's kind of uh a little bit aggravating if you like do something and then you think your work is good right and then they go back to you and they're like actually i don't like this yeah and it's not like a red line or anything they just don't like it <laughs> yeah some people are just like oh yeah i didn't uh, I had uh, my first VTuber model commission I ever did. Like, I sent them updates uh, for a sketch and then line art uh, and then coloring. And then I was like, I'm going to merge all the layers. Okay, you're fine with this. They're like, yeah. I still keep a backup file, but uh, I just asked them just in case. And they then I handed, them, I handed them the final art and then they were like, oh, can you change like the whole position of the leg? And then I wanted my model to like appear female, like there's no boobs, as all this stuff that like they didn't really ask of me before. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you say like no, uh, no, all transactions are final. Yeah. Oh yeah. You feel super guilty because like you want people to be happy with whatever you hand them for your work, right? don't want someone to be walking away being upset with what they receive especially since it's like a very expensive transaction yeah. but at one point you just have to draw the line and be like oh, i'm sorry if it was like an earlier update i totally could have done it but this is the final product you already okayed it before and didn't say anything i was like i would have to charge more for those changes they're like oh okay it's fine yeah because you know it's your you have other clients to deal with as well. So yeah. you, you can't just work with one person for like, for such a, like over your allotted amount of time. I was going to mention something. Uh, since you're both like an artist and a rigger, it's that's uh, how common is that? That I don't think many people do that. Uh, I don't think it's like super common, mainly because uh, if you just draw and then you want to learn how to do live to work i feel like you have to be very dedicated to improving because there's no like place to this one place to go to to like learn everything you have yeah. to have the patience to like look around and then follow the people that also do live to work and i spend a lot of my time also watching uh vods of people rigging just to see like whatever they do and stuff and like i save VODs from people. <laughs> I yeah. have like six hour VODs of people rigging in my computer just because I'm like, oh, I like the way they did this. I want this for later. Yeah, because it's like, uh, and you mentioned like, if you want something to be rigged a certain way, you have to draw it a certain way as well. So it's, you're almost relearning like how to draw as well. Oh, yeah. I have um, this problem where if I just receive the artwork for rigging, sometimes there's like specific things I want to do. That is just not possible anymore because I didn't separate the specific way that I would want it yeah. to be separated. And then I'm just like, oh, well. Yeah, and as, a, as an artist, like you'll notice that. As an artist, you'll notice that too. <laughs> yeah, there's like, uh, now there's a bunch of tutorials out there on how to cut stuff for life to rigging. But I feel like it's a very difficult to know what to separate if you haven't touched life to d before. I think yeah. it's good for people that like, draw life to d stuff in general to at least touch life to d once and like try to make something because then you're gonna know how how things work and <laughs> they don't should be the separated pain. yeah you're gonna know the pain <laughs> yeah but like yeah i get this sense of like it's very much like kind of like there's no standards there's no people artists make things this way and it's kind of accepted and riggers do things in this fashion it's kind of you know, Aria, you learned on your own, you know, watching uh, 
you know, Japanese videos and, you know, you kind of have your own method of, of doing the, the cutting and rigging and, and everyone else could be completely different. Right. And oh, if, you yeah. get a, if you get a, a live 2d from someone else, and like you said, they could just not be correctly separated. Oh, you... I had, um, this one particular commission, which it was for like, uh, to update somebody's rigging. Uh, they wanted me to, to just like update the, the face rigging mostly. Uh, and it's kind of like, and then you notice how, how people do stuff like very differently. And then you just end up having to scratch it all off and then do it over again. It's a little bit yeah. painful, but yeah. <laughs> I'm familiar with that. Getting someone else's work and just say, this is not usable at all. <laughs> yeah, working, working with somebody's stuff is so much harder than anybody wants to believe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That's what I started my job doing and it was a nightmare. Yeah, like at, at my work, we have to do revisions on other people's stuff or like somebody does something and then they're busy with another thing, but there's revisions that you need to do. So they give it to somebody like somebody like me and it's like, oh, this is like completely different than how I normally do this. And you have to like, but you have to keep it consistent to what they're doing. So you have to like relearn like, how what they're doing which is really difficult this is why we need to start the like start like the the riggers union right like well i mean they do have those <laughs> just have a professional certification you have to pass this test like they do have that that's what guilds are for like people yes. art artists and uh people who do rigging they they group together so they can actually like work with one another with somebody that they know and produce consistent products when are you starting the guild, Arya? She is the guild. She's not allowed to answer that question. Sorry, um, I had to, <laughs> to speak to my mom really quick. Oh my. Like, <laughs> my dad's no car broke down in the middle of the road. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear what you were saying at all. I'm so sorry. Uh, we, we were we were talking about um, our. Mighty was talking about how, like, because of how inconsistent the work sometimes is, there should be, like, a, uh, some, like, kind of standard somewhere along the line. And I, and I mentioned that that's what get the, like, artists and rigging guilds are for, where artists and the people who do the live 2D, they will, like, group together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, fourth quality uh, standard and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, because from what I understand, I don't know anyone... Uh, inside a rigging guild, but from what I understand, they have like multiple people checking the entire process of the model. They have like people in quality control, people uh, for like body rigging, uh, facial rigging. Yeah, well, I, some of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite VTubers, her first live 2D model was from Moshi Studio, who operates in like a very rigid way. And I do think that kind of like, but they like produce very quality product and they always have like super high demand. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I think that's a, I mean, the market is, you know, it's definitely kind of like the demand just completely outstrips the supply, especially when you get to, you know, highly skilled and highly respected uh, artists and stuff like that, which makes me, it still feels like it's a thing where it's very much face to face, one on one, people finding an artist commissioning them instead of it being like a something you can buy from a <laughs> you know like a company right yeah i feel like uh a lot of people who were like bigger vtubers they prefer just going to a guild mainly yeah. because it's like just an easier pro process because you just uh kind of like oh hey i want a model like this and this i want the rigging to do this and that and then you just go to like one place uh for all your needs and then it kind of is guaranteed to come out a certain quality then if you i don't know uh, put your trust in someone and just commission them to do your whole model yeah how does that work by the way it looks like a little bit behind the scenes there's no there's very little like legal recourse or anything like that if a commissioner just you know vanishes or i assume you you pay people in installments right and if they don't finish their payment like Gills like no rules. Gills do protect with that. Like I know that yeah. um I have seen some 
seen somebody i think i think moshi does this where you have to like actually sign something like okay this is the terms of service <laughs> or like the the contract yeah yeah the contract and you have to follow the these 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 rules you have to pay more if you want this you gotta tell the person you get this amount this many revisions yeah like like it's on fiverr basically fiverr is a guild yeah but yeah i'm yeah, like for me i just basically like uh, i haven't had uh uh, because I usually charge people uh, half up front and half on delivery. Uh, and then I haven't had someone just like flake out on the last payment, you know, right. which is uh, lucky considering, you know. Like, we really, uh, can't really do much people... about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like people have uh, have been scammed like left and right with like yeah, you heard, you heard YouTuber here, models. Folks, do not pay Arya for the second part. <laughs> <laughs> the second payment, she can't do anything about it. <laughs> but also, I mean, don't do if, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if someone doesn't pay like the second half of the payment, I just wouldn't hand in the the final product. I don't think. Okay. Is it too risky if you like handing in the final file and then be like, "Okay, now pay me"? It's like, yeah, nah, uh, people yeah. are gonna be like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, they're just gonna be like, "Uh, gotta go." <laughs> do you have to deal with like chargebacks or any like? Stuff like that in terms of like receiving payment. Oh yeah, I dealt with uh, people wanting uh, wanting refunds because because uh, rigging like takes a long time, and then maybe you've had like a problem with a certain commission that like didn't allow you to finish another one quick enough, and yeah. uh, things can change. Because I know like yeah, things can change absolutely, and like rigging commissions, uh, at least for me, it can take like. Uh, if if it's a a good good time and like it didn't run into any hitches, uh, it's probably uh, a month would take. And then if a problem happens or something, uh, the commissioner might be unhappy because they wanted it done like uh, in this specific time frame or like they had this yeah. expectation to be done in a month. That's all. And, but honestly, that's also something that you can probably like put in your contract as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. This also but why I had people charge back, and then I was like, they're like, oh, I want a refund because, like, maybe they're not, like, the way I'm updating them often enough, or maybe they think it's taking too long, and then I just, honestly, I just give them the refund because I feel like it's not worth it to argue with people if they yeah, want no. a refund for stuff. <laughs> you're just going to get more, you, you're always, because of how big the demand is, you'll always find customers. Yeah, that's true. And then I also feel like, bad if someone asks for a refund but what can you do what happens yeah do you think like that like brings up another note do you think that artists and stuff are treated well by the customers like on average like i don't know how often you get like these like problematic you know customers yeah uh, i don't think i've gotten like uh truly pro problematic people like i've only had the experience of like people asking for a chargeback but I haven't had someone be like actually rude to me. Most people are like very understanding, and I think maybe the the like most rude thing that can happen is like I had this uh, one commission uh, where the person was like, "Hey, I I got recommended by like X person, and I wanted a VTuber model." And I was like, "Okay, I can do the sketch for you, and then you can see like if you like it and if you want to go ahead with the commission and all that." So I did the the entire mo like model sketch. I did, I think maybe three variations of outfits. I think four, and then uh, they got back to me. They're like, "Oh my god, I love these uh, and all that." And then, uh, it's just <laughs> like, like... <laughs> so, and then two days later, they came back to me and like, "Oops, sorry, this artist got back to me, and I'll go with them instead." And I was like, "Oh man, that kind of oh. hurts." <laughs> Hey, at least it was two days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe if they hadn't said they loved it, then it wouldn't have hurt as much, but no. they did offer to uh, to pay for for the sketch, pro sketch process, which is, like, nice, I guess, but, yeah. They give you the... <laughs> they give you the old, the old reach around, right, saying, ah, here's, here's, here's yeah. something for your time, but I'm going with a better person. I mean, yeah, just I just what? feel it's, like, something that happens often with, like, VTuber models, honestly. Like, people try to be on the waitlist of, like, 
multiple people at the same time or maybe be in contact with like multiple model artists or maybe riggers at the same time. And then they get the one they like better and then the one they were already in contact with, they have to go like, oh, sorry, gotta go. Yeah, because the thing is, you, uh, it's just how it is. You want to like keep your options varied. Yeah. Right. So And due to the waiting time, right? If there yeah. was like if there was no wait, then you definitely wouldn't see as much of that. Yeah, because of how much waiting around and how much like it takes to you know, for people to get to you know the response and stuff and things like that, it's much better to just like get a bunch of people and then pick out pick out the best option. Yeah. So you can't really get too hurt about that because that's just how it is. Um, but what about like you know how on Twitter there's always like some artist getting called out. <laughs> what do you think about that <laughs> yeah i was going to go into that like i don't know i feel like like artist callouts is like so weird because uh when it's warranted sure if like someone like scams someone like they they got paid and then like they they never delivered or something like they asked for a refund and the person never replied then maybe it's warranted but i feel like if People are gonna expose like other artists for like maybe they're like, oh, this person is like not responsive at all and like the, I I really dislike them or uh which I seen I seen happen multiple times. People be like mad over like, oh, this artist said they were like they weren't taking commissions and then they took this person that has m many more followers than me. She's like, I don't think it's really warranted. <laughs> So make like a whole call out post because like I feel like people do it because they got upset, right? But the yeah. thing is, you're not just uh it's not just a personal feud, you're kind of messing with the person's business at that point. Like pos possibly the their livelihood too. Yeah, like the uh, thing is, um it'd be kind of weird if uh I don't know, like let's say a music producer denied to do uh, to do like a b for your soundcloud fucking upload but then they did a song with like a big artist like it, it's, it's kind of silly like of course yeah you know, like, it's like it's all business right yeah. if uh if like a, a really big vtuber comes to you like asking for a commission and you said to someone else you weren't free then you might reconsider right your options and stuff yeah just so i think it's like you have the, you also, when you people have the, do call outs yeah like I, I feel like they don't think about it from like the art the the creator's perspective where yeah. they probably had to say no to a bunch of other things that they were doing or like drop a bunch of other things and most call out stuff is like it feels like a lot of things that like, could be dealt with in like dms if people just like talked it out yeah oh yeah that could be applied to so many things <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I, I hear artists complain about that a lot. Like, artists get so mad that people just don't know how to communicate. But there's yeah, also there's then, like, well, you can go ahead. No, I was just saying, there's also like the risk of, you know, a situation blowing up and all those DMs get leaked. And there's, you know, there's a couple of situations like that earlier on, or earlier this year, rather. Yeah. Yeah, but then like, the, the DMs come out, and then the artist is very nice and respectful. Yeah, like I, I don't know. Maybe the artist really is running into like some, some like difficult uh, situations. Like they can't really work for an extended period of time. Like I've had uh, very nice clients that were like very understanding with me when. Like, I was, like, moving and stuff, and, like, I couldn't work on commissions for a while. Yeah. And I just told them, like, listen, I'm sorry, I'm, like, late on stuff. And they were like, oh, no, I totally get it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's, like, our commissions are totally a luxury thing that you buy. It's, like, not, uh, you don't really need to buy it. So I don't know why I people need. get so pressed about it. Well, the another thing is that like if you do stuff for like a business or something like that, there's usually NDAs and things like that. Like you can't just say yeah. like, "Hey, yeah, Hollow Life hired me, so that's why I had to say no to you." We just have to say no. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. But that also makes me interesting because you kind of straddle these two worlds as being like a VTuber and an artist. I guess. 
like what what's more important to you or like what what do you what do you consider yourself first i consider myself an artist first okay probably yeah that makes is, is, is that it is that at this point or is was that how all you you always felt uh, so it's how i always felt because like before becoming a vtuber even i was just in art school and then i was like cool i got my diploma and stuff and then i became a vtuber but before that i was already looking for like art jobs and all that and i guess like streaming was more of a more of a like a little side thing maybe bonus yeah and that's the right way to look at it yeah i mean artists get to double dip a lot right you can just like all your drawing yeah. commissions or something you just stream and you know oh dude such a <laughs> the best part about being an artist is when people allow you to stream the commission then you can just work on stream sometimes but a lot of people also don't feel like you know don't feel comfortable talking to that. people at the same time of working yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I minimal chat interaction gang rise up <laughs> well honestly even I, I remember like thinking like oh that's kind of dumb that you have to like pay a uh, privacy fee but this is what it is that's what that's what one of the guilds they charge like i think like 200 250 dollars for a privacy fee yeah if you don't want your shit your thing to be streamed man what a racket i don't know if it i feel like paying a small privacy fee for like a guild maybe would be fine yeah but uh i don't think that much because i guess they do lose money if they can't like use your stuff in progress to advertise right yeah and maybe like a an artist like youtuber artist and regular they can't stream it so they're just busy working offline and can't stream and i guess they lose money and look yeah, at it good, that good, way um... You know, you do get like a lot of passive income from streaming, so it is. Yeah. And if you're in a guild, depending on how you charge, you have to split that between people. So trying to monetize as much as many things as possible is important. Because like, because yeah. like, like I know uh, the person who did the rigging in one of the guilds, they would stream for like ten hours, and it's just a uh, like a um, what's it called? A trade-off. They could probably get a lot more passive income in that ten hours than they would just working offline and being like and like keeping the work private. Yeah, yeah. And it's like where that, where that works that way though, right? In this industry. Yeah. Because you went out and like, well, most the most industry, if you go out and commission something, right, it's not like you're paying a privacy fee, right? It's just kind of assumed. Yeah. Like maybe like, they like, use your like thing as a, in a portfolio or something, maybe, right? Yeah. But that is very they get away with it here yeah well i mean there's no rules here <laughs> they keep getting away with it, with it. <laughs> yeah but there's the, hey that's what happens when there's no there's no set rules yeah and there's like massive demand which also makes me think of like have you had people like try to befriend you and like hey can you do a quick you know live tv for oh, my man. friend or whatever like how much of that do you have to deal with uh i don't think i deal with it a lot just because i feel like i'm not the personality type where people feel like very inclined to approach yeah all business. Uh, people try to be friends with our and just get oh man it's not no, worth you gotta it. pay. no you gotta pay you gotta pay for it yeah i, I haven't had like friends just like personally ask for like something for free i've done like multiple times commissions for friends but uh what about, what about discounts Discounts? Oh, I do, dude. The homie, the homie discount? Like, okay. I charge yeah, them less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I charge like, them honestly. less, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. The friends and family, right? But yeah, I feel like, you know, there was this thing about, like, they're almost being like a cast, you know, within VTubers, right? And those, like, the ones that are... This happened This happened with artists, right? Where the artists, the VTubers, would get super, super duper popular and a bunch of people flock to them and try to... I won't say, like, a leech off the clout, but you, you definitely get this effect, <laughs> right? Yeah, for because sure. Because you would you would want to commission someone because they were a big name and they would tweet you on their feed, right? And say, hey, I just finished this commission for X VTuber, right? And so it's kind of like, you know, free advertising in this. Well, not free because you paid $2,000 for a model, but. <laughs> <laughs> probably more if you're yeah. looking at an artist for like cloud purposes and probably more. Yeah, that's it's crazy that that's like a part of it, right? Because. You've seen some of these like really, really high end like studios and artists making models for people you've never heard of, right? Oh yeah. 
it's crazy the amount of people that like drop money into VTubing without like having even streamed first, actually. Because like uh, people say that VTubing is a very expensive hobby. Um, <laughs> not for me, but uh, it really it, depends. It only, it only is if you make it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing with like when there's no rule, like set rules or like uh, instructions or anything. You can do whatever you want, and that might end up being kind of. Well, it's still the wild west. In terms, it's funny. It's like been two. Like we're just talking. It's been two years since the uh, How Live in, and it still feels like this is like the wild west in a sense, right? Yeah. There's there's very little rules and structures. Like I mean, there's people a community. I mean. There's never gonna be like set rules or anything like that, or or even like honestly, probably not even standards. Oh, yeah, because like people can just get away with it, whatever. Yeah, there's no there's, there's no there's enforcing. Just... There's no way to enforce any sort of standard or yeah. contact or anything. You just have to keep yourself going. Now, do you see one thing I do worry about with a lot of VTubers is obviously like their career path, right? Because I just assume. That nice. it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't pay a lot, or they're not going to be able to do this forever. Like something's going to be end up. But seeing like as people's artists, you know, that skill is very transferable to a whole bunch of different fields. I guess like if you stop VTubing or after you finish this, would you still like be doing like commissions and stuff like that? Is it something you like doing, like as a profession, or does it just happen oh, to be yeah. the place you're in right now? No, for sure, I would like uh still do commissions because um i do have uh, uh a company that i do like freelance work for sometimes um it doesn't pay as well as like doing vtubing stuff just like just because of personal rate because they don't give me a lot of work so i don't uh i think i charge uh, i'm gonna be open about it because whatever uh i think i charge them like 25 uh canadian dollars uh an hour and again maybe like on a good month maybe like 15 hours of work so it's not like very consistent but i do still uh uh work on like personal stuff because uh i'm a concept artist right i don't think uh people really think about it but i do have my own uh, professional portfolio separate from like all VTubing stuff and other stuff I do. So yeah, if VTubing goes under, I'll just be out there doing more art. Yeah, I mean VTubing is just a field to hone your skills. Like that's yeah. how that's how people should look at it. Well, it's like I, I was actually going to ask that because it's like it's something like rigging too different from any like commercial work you would be doing. Is it like so niche that it's not something you would ever do? For like a like a company that would hire you, it is very niche. At least for the way I advertise myself, because I don't really uh, advertise my skills that much as an animator, I guess. Uh, but life to D skills are very transferable to uh, maybe like simple animations, maybe character animations. You could easily do that in life to D. I just don't advertise myself that way. It's kind of like life to D is weirdly like not transferable to the field that I work in, at least. It's not like doing UV mapping or like like skeletal rigging and like a 3D model is like completely different from that. Yeah, <laughs> it's very different. You could probably work for um, mobile games. <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean, gotcha companies, they, they've been hiring like Life City people for like a long time yeah. because all the Majority of little idle animations you see in gotcha. Life City now. Yeah. yeah. Now that you now now that you mentioned that the first time I heard the term live 2D was in a gotcha game. Yeah, like it's in gotcha yeah yeah it's in like a Azure Lane GFL. Mm -hmm. They're just like straight up called live 2D. I still wonder why there isn't a VTuber, uh, gotcha game. It just it just seems so obvious, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like I mean, they had collabs. Like how I've had a collab with Azure yeah. Lane. I'm pretty sure. The thing, a with a, the thing with a VTuber game is that you have to like probably make it play probably like an idle simulator. Yeah, it can be like one of like the like the Love Live ones or something like that. But the thing is, um, games like uh, Idol Master and stuff like that, they're just they're just like PNGs. <laughs> yeah, just just slap the live 2D in there and just print money, right? <laughs> like just have some like you know. 
like DDR equivalent gameplay and just <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, like who, who games, plays those, gotcha those for the gameplay? I mean, a lot of people do like, for the games that are actually good. <laughs> the game, the games that have live two D animations and stuff, they don't really have good gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I was a gotcha. Is there a back good gotcha day. game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was playing FGO, I was playing Azure Lane and. All the Concoli and all that stuff back in the day. I'm, I'm many, many years clean. Yeah, Conco, Conco is not very good gameplay wise. Um, oh no, <laughs> Azure Lane's not very good gameplay wise. Conco was like anti, like anti fun. Like they have to like make something worth it, and that's usually like the visual. But hey, I mean, it, it's them. They have the last laugh, right? Because well, I mean, actually the. One of my favorite games did get live CD like animated uh, characters. So who knows? Uh oh, it's a shit game now. Which game? No, it's uh, Puzzle <laughs> and Dragon. Oh, wow. Okay. That game's cool. It's. I mean, it's probably it is kind of a shit game now because the the meta is like. <laughs> like so not, I'm not gonna get into that. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, also, Puzzle and Dragons is ancient. Yeah. It's at this point, like 2013. Very old. Dang, man. Yeah, it's cool to like see behind the scenes of uh, kind of like the 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 the, uh, the artist and reading community because so much of it happens just like in DMs, right? You also have an artist; yeah. they'll have their they have zero slots in <laughs> perpetually, right? And, and you know, occasionally they'll tweet out you know some uh, you know some commission they completed, but just unless you know you interacted with them that way, um, you wouldn't really know. Is there something like, I guess if we're going to say for our viewers, you know, I want to say, is there like any tips or something you would give? To, but it's like, man, I can't even, that doesn't even seem like a great question. I'm like <laughs> rambling. Give our viewers tips and tricks. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm that, that sounds you. way too cringe. Like, I'm just like my body <laughs> well, well, is fighting me trying like, not to say it. Well, how about this? As like, what do you think? people should look out for when they're commissioning something um like you're like your personal you know you're you're like per, like how do you since you, you draw you since you draw you do rigging so you have like a big portfolio like what and you also have to like make your you have to market yourself as well so like how when people are like trying to buy things or trying to look for like a rig a rig to be done or get art what should they be looking for Honestly, I would just uh, look at their uh, previous work because I feel like a lot of people uh, that maybe are not satisfied with like uh, their rigging or their artwork is maybe because they didn't do that much research in the person's previous work or maybe they didn't um, communicate well enough with the person, right? Because uh, I feel like... You you should if you're interested in someone's work, and uh, they don't really have like commissions open written anywhere or whatever, or maybe they have it closed. There's like no harm in DMing them about it unless they have like don't DM me about commissions, please stop. <laughs> I feel like there's no harm in just asking them like, hey, I'm looking for like. Uh, a model like this and I wanted to be like in your art style I'm like I wanted to have this and that can you do that and then if the artist is at least a genuine person <laughs> they're gonna be like yeah I can do that or like no not really you know I feel like uh, most situations of people being unhappy with other people's work they can maybe just be done they looked into it better yeah yeah I definitely do your research and I do think um I have seen people say like def like bring references and things like that. Like that do oh, yeah. do everything you can to help out the person. If you like if you see like a model they've done before and you know you like a certain thing about it, tell them. Yeah, that's really helpful. Uh I like it a lot when uh because uh I don't really visualize stuff in my head. I have that like whole fantasia shit or whatever. Uh it's really helpful when uh, people that want to commission me and maybe don't have a full reference sheet yet, they just take like screenshots from maybe a game that like they made a character like uh, maybe a Final Fantasy like one character that they made as a reference 
took screenshots or maybe just like take screenshots from an anime and be like, hey, I like these hairstyles and I like this uh, face or whatever. It's really helpful if people just take screenshots and write down what they want. Yeah. The same goes for the rigging. If like, you know, if you want like a certain thing that yeah. a different model has, like the way, like, you know, they have wings and it moves a certain way and you like that, definitely show people that too. Because like, communication is really important. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And just being detailed in your, your request. Have you ever gotten anyone like said like, "Hey, can I just copy this for me?" Right? Like, <laughs> no, not really. I've had people ask if like I can, if I can rig like a certain other, uh, other rigger. Uh, like if I can do it like how they do it, and I'm like, yeah, I think I can. I want it exactly like this other guy. <laughs> <laughs> if someone should ask me to like just copy someone else, I would just be like, uh, sorry, no. No can do. But yeah, um, Arya, thanks for coming on. Do you want to have a little shout out, another chill the Patreon a little bit before we uh, head out here? Oh, dude, you want me to show my Patreon? Not <laughs> that you're saying. No, no, no. I mean, your Patreon where you can. <laughs> I mean, become... we don't have we don't have a Patreon yet. So yeah, you have five limited slots of being, of being uh, what your personal IT. Uh, consultant or something yeah. like that yes yeah for 30 bucks a month you can uh harass me all you want for live cd help <laughs> and <laughs> our work help if you want for 20 bucks a month i also have a, a free sketch tier still have time to when are you guys gonna release this if you subscribe this month and then i was like <laughs> you're gonna release this Oh, It'll well. be on Wednesday. Yeah, so it'll still be in July. You still have okay. time, viewer out there. Well, it depends on... If it's um, July, when... you still have time. Yeah, depending on August, when you're listening to It's this. only next month. <laughs> well, regardless, you're going some... to get something free every month anyways. Yeah. So. And also, I just post uh, stream updates and uh, rigging videos on there. All right, cool. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening to Viewer Town, and we'll see you uh, next episode. Bye. Bye.